podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic State of Mind Wednesday and as you can tell by the tagline the transfer window is well and truly underway they call this sort of silly season in Formula 1 you could probably use the same terminology for football the the rumour mill has been going, going a bit crazy we had Wilfred and Didi was linked yes, uh, last week which I'm sure we all brushed off brushed off as nothing but the possibility of him potentially coming ahead is all excited and I'm sure the most recent links from yesterday have us even more excited than Wilfred and Watt and Wilfred and Didi would have had us feeling Jerry Kieran Tierney linked with Celtic on a loan move potentially from Arsenal. Um, the sun, pinch of salt, we've always got to take that. Kieran Tierney's not closed the door on a potential return to the club on loan. Brendan Rodgers, you've got to think he would play a big factor in potentially swaying Tierney Celtic's way. Well, I better because Brendan Rodgers coming back, it's like a dad coming back into the family and he's going to have to buy my love and he can start with Kieran Tierney because I'm going to get sucked into it. I said I wasn't, but going with my heart, I can see him wanting to come back, especially under Brendan having a crack at the Champions League. But it's the whole Newcastle thing that's... It's money talks. He's got to think his family. It's the whole the whole thing when we're talking about his Ange going to leave. He's got to make these decisions for... For him, financially, it's, it's always going to be a, a draw for him. But I think with Kieran Tierney, we all know how much he loves the club. You just need to look at it with the cup final and he's pretty much running back for the hospital with a broken jaw just so he can celebrate with the fans because he is one of us. And he's one that he went, when, when he went, we wished him luck. So he'd definitely be welcomed by open arms. And anyone that's saying that he wouldn't get in front of Greg Taylor, and it's no disrespect to Greg, but they need their head checked because the guy's unreal. And it would be a huge signing if we got him back. Huge. Yeah, yeah. I remember in Europe especially, Kieran Tierney always stood up. You think of games like the draw at home at Man City or even the one at home at Leipzig. It's easy to point those games out because Tierney scored in those, but it's against those higher quality opposition where he raised his game. And that's where clubs like Arsenal start to take notice that this kid could really have a future. And as I mentioned there, I think Brendan Rodgers could play a big part if, if there's any chance of Tierney coming to Celtic, Patrick. But my main sort of problem would be Newcastle or the other team that are interested. They could offer £50 million, which we obviously can't. And they also have Champions League football this season. Celtic can't get the one up on Newcastle with the allure and the fact that they're having Champions League football over them. Uh, do you think, Tierney, that would be the statement signing Celtic are looking for? We've spoke about Brendan he always likes to bring in a big player, something that will surprise us. Scott Sinclair's the player I always hark back to. You think Tina could be that man? Is there any chance of him coming back? And as Jenny mentioned, he doesn't think it would be harsh on Greg Taylor. Do you think after the season Taylor's had, it would be a bit harsh on him to bring in someone like Kieran Tierney? No, I don't, I don't think it would be. You know, Celtic are going to look after Celtic and if you can get a player of that quality in, then you've got to go for it. Um, I think there's a lot of moving parts to this, if I'm being honest. It's, you know, whether Arsenal want to cash in and sell him or they're happy to loan him out. 
whether Tierney would be be happy with a loan. I mean, Tierney, if it is a loan deal, and I think it would have to be, um, he won't be taking any sort of reduction in wages. Celtic would be covering, I assume, half of it or so. Um, but, you know, if Arsenal want to sell him, then he's definitely going to go to Newcastle. Um, if he's got a choice of a permanent move to Newcastle or a loan to a Celtic, it's a matter of what Arsenal would prefer and then what would the player prefer. So I think a lot of things would have to align, uh, which is why I can't really see it happening. But then again, about three weeks ago, I would never have said Brendan Rodgers would have happened. Uh, I just I couldn't see that at all. Even after Ange left, I couldn't see it. And then uh, two weeks later, it did. But um, I mean, I, I don't doubt Tierney would want to play for Celtic again, especially if it's a loan deal and he can go back to Arsenal, because obviously... He's still in the prime of his career. He would still want to pl- probably play in the Premier League, but maybe for a year come back to Celtic. Um, but then, if Newcastle can pay silly money, which they definitely can, uh, they'd still be in the uh, Premier League, they'd be in the Champions League. Um, if you were to ask me, I would say they're probably going to finish above Arsenal next season. I think they really are that good and they're only going to get better, obviously. Um, so, it's hard to say. It's all about whether Newcastle want him or not, in my opinion. And then you've even got to look at, we all know his quality and his ability, but you've seen uh, 18 months ago, uh, our rivals sign Aaron Ramsey. And there's no doubt in my mind that Aaron Ramsey's a fantastic player, but he's played with injuries. And Tierney has also played with injuries. I've seen uh, on Twitter, I don't know how true this is because it's on Twitter, but I think he started six league games out of 38 and he came off the bench 21 times. And I think he's... He's missed something like 90 games through injury in seven years, which is quite a lot, especially for a 25-year-old. Um, so it's whether, if he were to sign, he's probably going to come in and replace Greg Taylor as the number one choice. Is he going to come in? Are we going to pay him 30-odd grand a week to cover half his wages from him to sit on the bench or sit on the injury table for half the season? So because of all these question marks, I just can't see it happening. But in very recent history, you know, we've seen stranger things happen. So... I would maybe keep an open mind. I think just on the injury point, Tony Cassidy is echoing your views there. He's injured often. I think when you look at Tierney, I think it was his final season where the injury problems started to creep up at Celtic. But even Tierney played at 50% getting injections in his leg before the game was better than probably 90% of the players in our team on the park. I, I don't think you could look too much into that. The proven quality that he is, I would never turn up getting Kieran Tierney and I don't know if you remember his open goal interview he'd done about maybe a year and a half after he'd left Celtic for Arsenal when he mentioned it was one of, if not the toughest decisions in his life because not only was he leaving Celtic, but he was leaving his family. He was moving down to London by himself, which was one of the toughest things that he had to do. But the move, we all know it's very unlikely. There's probably no chance Kieran Tierney's going to come to Celtic this summer as much as we would all want him to. But, Jerry, I think one of the positives you can look at over the last sort of two weeks is the, the calibre of player that we're getting linked with. If you're getting linked with the likes of Wilfred and Dede, the likes of Kieran Tierney, it's, you've, it starts to make you think if Celtic are shopping in some sort of higher-value markets. Does that excite you? It does. If, if what we're hearing is true, it just shows like some real intent from the board and Brendan Rodgers. When he signed, all the, oh, the talk was that he's going to really go for it in Europe and try and get a decent run in the Champions League or even try and get to the Europa League final. And it's exciting because, like you said, getting players like this mentioned, Ndidi, it's, it's a huge name if, if it did come. But like I said, these are a lot, like you're saying, even like you're saying, it's the big ifs, the big ifs. My heart's saying yes to Tierney in my head saying, no, it's not going to happen. But 
we're mentioning these players, so we're going for a high calibre. And I think with the signing that we've got already in home, and obviously that's uh, Australian boy Tilio. Yeah, I'm saying that right. I mean, going by YouTube, I always go by YouTube. I fall in love with them after sixty seconds, but they they look different. They look good. Um, the clips are amazing from what I'm hearing on Twitter from people that have watched them play. It's exciting, really exciting times. Um, looking forward to seeing some flary wingers. Yeah, I remember I mentioned on the show a few times a scout report from my Twitter account, Aussie Scout. He had a really good report on Marco Taylor. It was really informative. I'll get into him in a bit more depth a bit later on the show, but just on the YouTube clips, I remember thinking Vacuum Bio was going to be a player. I remember <laughs> there was a distinct YouTube compilation of Marin's Fed where there was about 10, about 30-yard screamers in his left foot in this one compilation that had us all excited, and then we all know how that turned out. Um, well, I think Julio, it seems like he could be a bit more promising. We've moved from the Shreds to signing Hatates and Kyos and players like that. I think we can have a bit more confidence with these players where we can perhaps not take these YouTube copies as much of a pinch of salt. So a bit more confident in a recruitment strategy now. But I want to stick on this sort of Tierney topic here. Off the back of that, of Tierney potentially returning to the club. I've seen some talk from fans over players potentially returning to the club it was rumoured about a week ago, I think he'd done an interview after one of Norway's international games. Mohamed El Yunusi has been a name that's been commonly mentioned with the club. He's available on a free after being released by Southampton. I'm not too sure what his wages would be, but I thought with El Yunusi, he was a decent player in his time at Celtic, but he never really jumped out to me as a star player, as a player. You've got to pay £5 million to get him back from his loan. You've got to pay big money to get him. I always think there was a better player available. Patrick, do you would you take Mohamed Elinousi back? Did you rate him very highly in his time as Celtic? Because I thought he was a bit overrated, to be honest with you. Um I, I remember but obviously we played we we suffered some embarrassing defeats under Ronnie Dyler in, in Europe and we played Molder and uh, Elinousi played for Molder and then I think he signed for Basel and then went to Southampton and then we got him on loan. Um, for two years and you know ever since he, he scored against us uh, when Dyla was the manager and he played for Mulder I was quite keen to sign him I thought you know Celtic should have signed him in 2015-2016 um, so I was delighted when we got him and I actually I quite rated him I, I thought he was a brilliant player for Celtic uh, obviously first season were brilliant under Lennon we had only really had nine months because Covid curtailed it uh, second season you know, they're plagued by all sorts of issues. The, the, the games stopped when starting. Celtic been out of form, in and out of the team. I think, you know, he played left wing and we were playing a 3 5 2. So he, he, was, he was playing a wing back role almost, which just isn't his game at all. Then he played up front um, and he was injured for a lot of that season, I remember as well. Um, but I thought he was a brilliant player for Celtic. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't take him, but. I'm not sure how much is in when when these types of players start getting mentioned. I sort of wonder whether there's actual interest or whether the press are just sort of going, "Oh, this yeah, ex player is available," and because we've signed an ex manager, we're going to be linked with a bunch of ex players. And you know, we've been linked with Winyama before. Obviously, Forster came back. Um, Hooper used to be a name that get mentioned as well. I think it was um, the December June season we were heavily linked with Victor Winyama before he went to. Montreal impact. We all had our fingers crossed that he was going to be the one to come in, but that just sort of never came to fruition. I I still think in Europe we're missing a player like Wanyama, and I, I thought I, I thought towards the end of the season Awata 
Um, obviously, physically, nothing like Wanyama. Wanyama is massive, but Iwata could be that sort of physical uh, midfielder that we need. And um, I, I, I like Elanusi. I just can't see it happening. I, I, it would be, it would be one to explore, um, maybe because he is on a free and. Um, I don't I don't know his stats the last couple of years. I don't know how he's been performing for Southampton. Obviously, they were relegated um, with like 20-odd points, so they won't be that good. But um, I thought he'd done well for Celtic, and it's, it's just whether Brendan wants him or not, because um, if it's only wages you need to worry about, then it's it's a risk worth taking almost, even if he, is, even if he doesn't work out. Yeah, I think he was starting consistently for Southampton, but obviously that Southampton team was god-awful. We all know that. Uh, Pat Cattigan jumping in here, you just say flatter to deceive, don't see how he's better than the current squad, that's where I'd be looking at it, I don't see which one of the wingers he improves on really, Jungle Lion jumping in, get them belly and Roberts as well, Jerry, do you think it, it would be sort of reverting back to old ways, Celtic's transfer model has moved so much past that in recent years to where we're tapping into these untapped markets and getting these players before the big teams get the chance to get to them. And if we went back to signing some of these older players like Jungle Line Mensch, it's not going to happen, but a Patrick Roberts or even a Mohamed Elianusi, it would just be a reversion back to old ways, wouldn't it? We're past that. Yeah, for me, it would be it would be a backward step or even standing still. When you're mentioning like a Tierney or the Dembele's, then of course, I mean, because that, that's going to make your team better. Well, you know, see, for me, it's, it's a no because there's no harm to him as a player. He was a good player, but when there was the talk that we might buy him, we might not, I was thinking, oh, I, I wasn't bothered either way. And to me, that's the sign that that's not who we should have. We want someone that's going to excite us, that's got like, it's a big sign. And that's that's the statement intent this season, not going back the way. So for me, no. I mean, it would be good to get his chant back. That was that was a fun one, well, you know, to chant. But uh, apart from that, no, he, he never really set the header alight for me. Not saying he didn't have some good games and some good goals, but... Nah, no from me on Elianusi and going backwards. Yeah, he was never really a standard. I think it was his first few months at the club he sort of started to impress. Then he got injured and then Lennon played him when he was injured in that cup final against Rangers where we did win 1-0, but we all know how poor we were on that day. I'm going to move on from these sort of old names. The past is the past, the future is now. Um, Stephen Welsh, he's had some interest from Italy, Hellas, Verona and Bologna. I've been snuffed around him. I've seen some clubs in some of the top five leagues linked with Stephen Welsh in sort of recent years. You had Udinese, I think it was in January. Then you had Toulouse in France as well, also having some interest. I think a move to Italy could be massive for Stephen Welsh. He's got his own ambitions, Patrick. He'll have ambitions of breaking into that Scotland team because the national team's thriving at the moment. And every Scottish player will want to be a part of that. We've mentioned guys like David Turnbull as well. They'll be perhaps looking, if I'm not going to get any game time under Brendan Rodgers, Perhaps my future is away from Celtic. Do you think Stephen Welch could be one of those players when I move away is just what he needs? And do you think there's anyone else in the squad that would benefit from a move away as well, just time to cut ties? Yeah, um, you know, I think it was 18 months ago, in the, the 1st January under Ange, that he was linked with Udinese. And I was against it at that point because, I mean, the squad was way for thin. Um, Carter Vickers and Starfield struck up a great partnership. Um, but Apart from them, uh, Welsh was the only other centre-half the club had. Apart from, I think, Scales was there. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if Urigidi was out on loan at that point or not, but he was at the club and is still at the club, uh, I believe. But um, I, I was against it at that point because I thought 
He's a young player. He can improve. I thought he's done all, all right until this point. 18 months on, um, I'm tempted to even say that not only has he not improved, he's went backwards as a player because he started the season fairly well. The season just gone. He scored three minutes into the league season. thought he was doing quite well. He sort of take, was taking out the team. I think he I think played the double-header against Leipzig. And, sorry? I think it was an injury and then Moritz Jens took his place. Mm. It was really bad timing for him. Right, and then he certainly played Leipzig away and I think he played a few European games and just totally exposed at that level. And, um, you know, me, Paul, John and John, maybe a month or two ago, were talking about, you know, do you move players like that on? And that, you're looking at guys like Scott Bain, David Turnbull, guys who are OK. I mean, I quite like Turnbull, but it's hard to see him get in the team. Well, at least it was under Ange because of how slow he was. Um, you know, he might get in the team under Brendan, but you then have to ask yourself, you need to fit that quota. I think it's eight out of 26 have to be Scottish, four yeah. have to be homegrown for the UEFA squad. So for that purpose, I think that's probably, that it plays a part in why we've kept Welsh, in my opinion. Going forward, if if you sort of remove that from your mind and take that out of the equation, is he good enough for Celtic? At the moment, I would say no. Um, I think it's hard to compare him with Kobayashi because he's not played in so long, but, you know, I'd be tempted to, you know, we've played Kobayashi, we've played Awata at centre-half, you know, ahead of Welsh, so he's arguably the fifth-choice centre-half. So if you're looking at that, I would say, you know, it's time to move on. He's, I want to say he's 23 just now. Yeah, um, I think so, 23. You've, uh, you've seen guys like Portis. He's moved up. He's moved on from Hibs. He's in the Scotland squad. And in the four qualifiers that we've played, we've only conceded a penalty. Now, he conceded the penalty, but he's played most of the games and we've not conceded from open play. Um, you look at guys, I mean, it's as if going down south sort of gets you into the squad automatically. Guys like Kenny McLean, who I still don't rate as a player. I was wondering what Steve Clark was doing bringing him on, but he scores <laughs> the winner, you know. Um, and, you know, you look at guys like Ferguson and Hickey, they've went to Italy and they've excelled. You know, the, the fans love them. And then for Hickey, he's got to move into a Premier League team. So I'm not saying that's going to happen with Stephen Welsh, but you can see the appeal of Scots moving to Italy. And when you... When you take into account that he's probably not going to be in the Celtic team, I think yeah. it would be a good move for him. I think it's been a proven track record in recent years that Italy can bring success to Scottish players if they want to sort of try and bring their talents elsewhere. If they think they need some new surroundings, Aaron Hickey is obviously the standout name. He went to Bologna. I think I, looked, I was quite annoyed at that move, actually, because a lot of Celtic fans were turning their nose up at him because he plays for Hearts. It's happened too often for me, but it's been this guy plays for Hibs, he can't be good enough for Celtic. Then he goes to another team, proves his worth, shows how good he is, shows his quality, and all of a sudden we want them at our club. We should be the team taking the chance of them in the first place. Uh, just sticking on that point, Jed, do you think some of our players could be due a move away, like Turnbull or Welsh? Is there anyone else you think we haven't mentioned that could probably benefit from a move somewhere else? Aye, and you need to answer me this. How long was Sorrow's contract, by the way? Was it like 10 years? Because I feel like every single transfer window we're talking about moving them on. Um, with Stephen Welsh, I totally agree. I think he's had so many opportunities as well in the first team. And I'm not saying he hasn't grabbed them, but especially Europe, like as I was saying, it's just 
not at that level. I don't think, in my opinion. But if he goes away to somewhere like Italy, like you say, especially where they work really hard on their defenders and, uh, and getting the best out of them, it's good for it's good for him. It's good for the national team if he can come back and he's a stronger player and maybe even get a bigger move after that. But I just think his times it's dwindled away at Celtic now. Um, I like him. I think he is a good player. I just don't think he has that that standard that that we need to be looking at now. Um, time to kind of get rid of the old heartstrings and just move on for him I think it'd be the best decision for him unless he's a, like is he a nuts not Celtic fan is he like die hard what well, well yeah. yeah well I've heard someone said he still had the Lisbon Lions as his lock screen on his phone <laughs> this Henry Larson jammies <laughs> the thing is Celtic there's over recent years the decade the last decade especially there's been so many players who have just been passengers have just been along for the ride, not really pl- playing their part and collecting a payday. I think if Celtic can build a squad of players who are all going to play a part, they're all here for the ride and they're all going to contribute to the team, then we could be heading to a very bright future. And one of those players could be Australian forward Marco Tellio playing for Melbourne City, 21 years old, I think. So our City Group Corrections will be very much helping us out there. Mark Law, Brendan Rodgers was bigging Marco massively in his two press conferences that he'd done on Friday, it's another forward potentially coming in. He was at the World Cup as well and 10 goals and five assists last season. I got a bit confused for some reason. I thought I'd seen him play us in pre-season. I think it was another team in Australia we played. I can't remember the name of the team exactly. But we're bolstering the attack. Uh, Patrick, does that excite you? Do you think the attack is where the focus has to be? Because I've been saying the last sort of week, goalkeeper in the defence would be the position I'd be looking to improve straight away. But attack seems to be the best form of defence for Celtic in the transfer window. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's no harm in signing good players. Uh, you, you you've obviously got quite a lot of questions because um, I've actually I, I watched a Melbourne City game about a year and a half ago. I think it was when the Australia tour was first announced. Um, I just decided to tune into an Australian <laughs> game and Melbourne City play some nice football and. Um, obviously, part of the city group, they're going to try and play that that style of football ball in the deck, uh, a lot of short passing, try to move the ball quickly. Um, so you know that I suppose that bodes well. He's playing in a system that would be relatively familiar to the one that he's coming into. Um, they obviously, I think, am I right in saying they've got a wage cap in Australian football? So um, I'm not sure, you know, whether that would be an issue or whether that would act to Celtic's advantage. Um, and where the City Football Group are obviously looking to dominate in every league they have a team. Um, I'm sure, uh, you know, he's as you say, he's scored 10 goals, five assists. Um, he's he's probably, I, I don't know what the league table looks like, he's probably playing a dominant team. Yeah. Um, the league is obviously up to a, a certain standard. Um, you know, I, I won't claim the Scottish League is better or worse than the Australian League. I think the Australian League is a lot more competitive, um, but obviously Celtic are above the, the rest of the quality in Scotland. So, you know, it's hard to judge the quality of one league to another, especially other sides of the world. But th- there's no reason he can't succeed. He's a young player. Um, Rogers, you know, is one of the best managers, I think, in Britain for developing young players. Um, great man-to-man manager. Uh, as you're saying, young player, 21, already scoring and contributing goals. Um, in terms of you know just sort of pure stats, it's it's a bit like a Nevada signing if you want. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's the way that he plays, um, but uh, I it's 
I don't, I don't know what the rumour tree is, but it's it's certainly one worth taking a punt on. And the City Group uh, links have always been, you know, fairly solid. I think, I think Arzani was a, maybe a City Group player, and he's, he's the only one we would. It was a Man City Academy. It was in or Melbourne City. Right, well, that's the only one you'd maybe say. I mean, unlucky with injuries. Obviously, I think he was here for. I think he was actually here for eighteen months. I want to say, and he was injured yeah. practically the whole time. Well, he was um, here. In quotation marks, before I say that. All right. In um, Cham, uh, Gudetti, Denaya, Roberts. I mean, there's so many that you know, the players that we've brought in. You would think that that would be because of our City Group connections. Obviously, Manchester City Group they have the club over in Japan, Yokohama. So no doubt they would have scout reports and all the info and data on all the rest of the teams in Japan. So it allowed Celtic sort of free reign over it. Yeah, and obviously, you know, Ange worked with the City Group, so it's, it's kind of there's a loose connection there as well. And uh, Mark Lawwell, obviously, is everyone's full of praise for Mark Lawwell. So, you know, the, the connection has certainly served us well. Um, so, you know, if if you're a betting man, you'd probably say he's likely to succeed if we're, if we're going to go on and sign him. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all, all up for it. And uh, I think I've seen someone in the comments there saying, Soros out of contract next summer. Jerry, so we've only got Next one more summer. season of links. Next summer, aye, so we've only got 12 more months of links. Unless we idea. decide to do a bar cast and pay him off and something like that, or he moves on. Yeah, I like him, keep him on. I would be surprised. Sorrow, I think he, follow, he follows my old account on Instagram, so I've always had a bit of a soft spot for his while I saw hope he would prevail. But... I had high hopes for him. I had real yeah. high hopes. I thought he was going to be like the next Kante. Like, because <laughs> I, I watched his YouTube... <laughs> It's when our because our team was so bad at the time. Any right. player that showed a bit of promise, ultimately we thought right, build the team around them for next season. This is the guy that we're going to focus on. But uh, ultimately, we never expected Ange Postecoglou to come in and sort of re- revolutionise the club. Just I'll, I'll stick on Marco. Is it Tilio or Tilio? I need to get this pronunciation down. But um, according to this report I saw on Twitter, he played most of the games as a left winger. But it was most effective as a number ten. That's where he got most of his goal contributions. Most of his numbers came from that position. I think Celtic would potentially be looking at a number ten, Jerry. If I'm thinking of the options that are already at the club, you'd think a Hatate, a David Turnbull, or maybe even I've seen talks of moving Haksabanovic more centrally. Do you think a number ten is sort of what Celtic could be looking for? I think so. But then again, that the Haksabanovic is the one that came straight to mind when I saw that we were looking at this player because I don't know if that kind of Spells the end for them. They look, dare I say, quite similar in their approach to the game. I mean, have you seen the, the clip of this guy where he goes sliding to keep the ball in play? Have you seen it? And I don't know how he managed to keep in. As if an extra leg comes out of his shorts and just does it on the side. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks a real player. But I don't know if that's the writing on the wall for Haksabanovic or can they, they both be played in the, the same squad or... They'll be battling it out for the same position. Who knows? That's the exciting thing about it. I wonder how it's all going to be set up. Who's who, who's he going to keep? Um, and if we do get this, Tilio, I've got real high hopes for him. That's not me just getting carried away with YouTube. That's Well, that's me getting carried away with two YouTube clips. Looks quality. I hope Celtic can get Yang Hyun Jun as well. We'll get to him. I've seen a lot of people in the comments they were sort of writing off these Scottish players. I think Celtic will be more inclined to give the players that we've bought in a chance because they have paid money for them. They've paid two and a half million for a Haxabanovich. They've paid three million for a Bernabe. So they'll be wanting to get their money's worth. 
as opposed to the players that have came up from the academy they've not really had to pay anything for. So I think these players are always going to get more of a second chance, more of a look in than a lot of the youth academy players will. And that's sort of a sad reality of things. Michael Riley, we're hopefully basing the signings on ability and where their improvements on existing players, not if they're former players or otherwise. Uh, 100% completely agree with Michael there. But we mentioned Yang Hyun Jun. This is a sort of final bit of transfer gossip I want to cover. There's sparked a bit of a battle between the, his representatives, his agents and Gangwon FC. Uh, Gangwon, they want the player loaned back immediately if they are to sell him to us this summer because their season it doesn't finish until about November, December time. So if they're in a bit of a relegation battle at the moment, they wouldn't be wanting to lose apparently their best player halfway through the season. He wants to leave. He's said from his own mouth, I want to go to Celtic. I want to go this summer. Um, he would add our option as a right winger, which is, I think, Patrick, a position that we need. There are only real options there at the moment. You would be thinking... Abada and James Forrest, because as much as Jota does sometimes play in the right, he is a left winger, you would think. So do you think adding a right winger would be a good way to bolster our options? What do you think that would spell for Aliel Abada as well? Do you think that would mean he's off? Yeah, it's, it's certainly possible. Um, it's just there's, there's constant chat about Abada, really, the, the past 12 months, because he was linked with Newcastle and it sort of fizzled out, never really went anywhere. And, um, you know, he scored a, scored a barrel load of goals in the beginning of the season. You know, I think he scored five goals in two games against Dundee United and Rangers. Um, I think he scored 14 goals in all last season. Obviously, a lot of them were off the bench. Um, you know, he pops up with, with crucial goals. He scored against St. Martin. Yeah, I mean, he scored against... Where they played the most. I think he played the most minutes of anybody. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, was that in the first season, did you say? Uh, just the season just passed. I think he had the most appearances. Obviously, the majority of them from the bench. Aye, I think he had the most aye. appearances of anybody. Right. Well, that's um, yeah. I can see that actually because if he didn't start, he was coming off the bench. Um, so you might say, you know, he's not starting. He's not a first team player, but obviously he's coming on and he is having an impact because he's scoring those goals. Um, I I don't know. I think I I think he is one that can go anyway. Um, or not can go, but could go. Um, if if the price is right, if we're getting you know upwards of ten, twelve million pounds, I think that might be good business for Celtic. Obviously, if we're going to bring this guy in um, from Gangwon, uh, if if they want, I assume it will be a six month loan for them to finish their season. Yeah. Um, you were saying they're in a, rele- a pretty bad relegation battle. I would like to think there's going to be a big discount because we're signing a player in June. Champions League is September to December so those are the key games that we want to sign these players for so if we can't have them for that crucial part of the season um, that club is going to have to give us a big discount in my opinion or or just we can't pay the full sum and then give them a loan for six months when it would be be to the detriment of us especially if our right winger is going to be sold uh, in a badder Um, as you're saying you know Jota can play there. He, t- he tends to play there when Maeda plays. Uh, James Forrest can come in and sort of do a job, but you know he's someone that's turning thirty-two this summer. So you know you can't rely on him. You know this is maybe the last season he's a first-team player. Um, certainly as a winger, anyway, he might get moved into midfield, the ten role. I don't know, but um, I would have to get quite a big discount if they're wanting a loan back. Um, I'm not saying he would come in 
and be you know European quality. I think he's only twenty one. I'm right in saying I'm yeah, not too sure, but um, you know we're obviously signing players for the big games, and the big games are largely in the first half of the season for Celtic. Yeah, just on the sort of flip side of the coin, there you'd think Gangwon would be. If they would be thinking, if we're going to sell him at this key point in the season, we want more money from you then. We want to push the price up. We want even more money from you if you're going to take him from us then. You could look at things both ways. Kaiser coming in here. Relegation battles, they don't want to lose the player, but the player's down tools. How is that helping their fight? They should just allow the move. It's an interesting way of thinking about things. I want to stick on a badder because I think this could be a big point for him, Jerry. I think he's got to be a player that we should be looking at to stay around. Paul said in the chat he's got the same agent as Juravic, I'm led to believe. Do you think he's a player that could really push on? I think he's still only 21. There's still lots of time for him to get this big move. It doesn't need to be now. And he can see what things are like working under a new manager as well. I think Abada is one of the most exciting young prospects that Celtic's had in a number of years. Um, it's sad how it's gone about with the, the all the chat about the agent and maybe what angling for a move and at that time Ange has obviously stamped his authority and if rumours are to believe that he was, wasn't getting as many games because of it but I would love for Brendan Rodgers to convince him to stay and put all that behind him and really push over the next couple of seasons because I think he could get a massive move um, if he keeps doing what he's doing the goals that he's scored right enough most of the goals that he's scored are like a carbon copy of each other cutting in the box boom Happen, but he's he's outstanding for me. Um, I think working with Brendan Rodgers, we've talked about the, the kind of magic that Brendan Rodgers has working individually with players and getting the best out of them. I think that's a match made in heaven for me. So I think Celtic should be doing everything they can to keep a badder. I think that the replacement's probably going to be for James Forrest because his testimonials coming up. I don't think I, he gets written off every season, doesn't he? Every single season, and I'm I'm, I'm guilty for it. It's always like I. Away you go, James, away you go. And he scores, it's like, James, your boy, yes. <laughs> Always a sell. But he's loyal. I get that as well. Um, but I think James is maybe going to move on. Um, the thing that does worry me about the, this uh, Korean boy, what's, how, how do you say his name? I think it's Yang Hyun Jun. Yang Hyun Jun, right. So he's, he's making a lot of noise about wanting to move which is great in a way because you think, yes, he really wants to come to the club. But then I start thinking, well, when he comes to Celtic and starts playing well, if somebody puts in an offer and we reject it, is he going to start making the noise here as well until he finally gets where he wants to be? Because I think O, the transfer, O was quite similar. I think he was quite vocal to try and get his move. I think he kept going back to the chairman, back to the chairman, the manager, and eventually worn them down and got his move to Celtic. So I'm always quite wary when a player is like that because you think like like the message that come up there, he's down tools. Um, that shows a, a has he down tools? I don't know. I've not been watching the games. Does that show a lack of professionalism? Is that something that Brendan Rodgers is going to want? Is it going to make him more keen to get him in because it shows his drive? I don't know. It's a tricky one for me, but I'm liking the fact that we are still in this Asian market. Um, I think the Korean, some of the Korean players are absolutely outstanding. I think there would be some great signings to make. Um, by the way, shout out to our new Japanese correspondent, Yatao. Uh, hopefully, if we get some more Korean players, then uh, they'll send me over there. I'll be the Korean correspondent. <laughs> be a good career move for me. Oh, that was bad. 
that'll be interesting for the future. What Celtic will do in the transfer window. But I, would, I had a blog post up yesterday which created some interesting discussion in the comments. I want to take the rest of the show that's just a little break from the transfer craziness and the, what is the crazy world of Celtic at the moment with Brendan Rodgers coming back. I put a combined 11 up on the blog last night. It was Brendan Rodgers' Celtic side versus Ange Postacoglu's Celtic side. And it created a lot of discussion in the comments on Twitter. And I'm sure it'll create a lot of discussion in the Axon chat here as well. I want to get you guys involved as much as possible. But we're going to do a combined 11, a 4-3-3 of Rodgers' Celtic side and Ange's Celtic side. We're going to start with goalkeeper. I was a bit split on this, so I had to get the contributor's opinion to sort of help me along with this one. I'll start with yourself, Jerry. Um, the goalkeeper, do you go for Craig Gordon or Joe Hart or do you go for Doris DeVries? I've gone for <laughs> Gordon. I think in the big moments, in the big games, Craig Gordon, they stepped up time and time again. Yeah, yeah. For, I've said this just before we started the show. I had it in my head that Fraser Foster played under Brendan Rodgers. I had it <laughs> in my head. I'm going to be a nightmare at this. For me... I think Joe Hart's a great servant. He's a great goalkeeper. But for me, Craig Gordon made some world-class saves that won his points um, continuously. Um, I remember being excited every time he was in the squad because I'm a goalkeeper myself. However, his footwork was a bit dodgy at times. I always remember getting a bit anxious. But I think I always get anxious when a goalkeeper's got the ball at his feet. But for me, overall, it would be Craig Gordon. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Jerry there. Patrick, are you in agreement with us? Or do you think Joe Hart, the sort of proven quality, what he's done, his role in sort of bringing Celtic back to the top of Scottish football, do you think he edges it? No, um, I think it's a lot closer um, than, you know, maybe people think, or certainly, than, I, I, I think it's close anyway. Um, you know, neither have a great penalty record. Uh, Craig Gordon undoubtedly a better shortstopper. Um, you know Hart is good, but he's he's only that he's good. Whereas Gordon was you know sensational at times. Um, as Jerry says, world class saves at times. Um, you know there's plenty of plenty of YouTube clips. You know we're talking about YouTube clips again, but there's plenty of YouTube clips out there. You know there was ones of him at Sunderland and Hearts before he came to Celtic and at Celtic. You know I think he was first choice for four and a half years and. Um, there's plenty of clips to go around, and the o- the only thing that makes it close for me is the howlers in Europe, and there really is a catalogue. Um, I know the hair's under awesome. a bit of stick at the moment for the amount of howlers that there are of him, but um, you know, you think of Inter Milan, Salzburg, uh, Mitchell Gladbach. I mean, there's there really is quite a few uh, for Craig Gordon, unfortunately, but I still think he's probably the better goalkeeper. Um, and that's that's the only reason I was sort of having a, a battle in my head because Hart Leipzig away is really the only the standout mistake where he passes it to the Leipzig player. Uh, the rest of the time, it's maybe just you know could have saved, could have made a better save there. But uh, Craig Gordon for me, I think edges it. Yeah, I think if you're looking at both goalkeepers, who would you trust? If you've got a striker running through on goal one on one. If you wanted Gordon or Hart and goals at their peak at Celtic, I think I would want Craig Gordon and goals to try and stop that chance. So we're in agreement. That's a surprise. I think there'll be a bit more disagreement with the right back. You've got a couple of choices there. You could go for Alistair Johnson, Josip Juranovic, Mikel Lustig, Anthony Ralston, perhaps, if you wanted to go with him. I think I think the popular choice is going to be Mikel Lustig. 
But I'm going to go for Josip Juranovic there. I think the role he played in bringing Celtic back to the top of Scottish football, he was such an important player and perhaps one of the more underrated signings in Ange Postacoglu's first season. I think the first part of last season, they wasn't at his best, but the quality was still there. And you think of when Lustig played for Brendan Rodgers' Celtic team, it was at a point where fans were calling for him to be replaced. His entire, basically, Lustig's entire time playing under Brendan Rodgers, it was, we need a new right-back for Europe, we need a new right-back. He's getting roasted every time he plays in Europe. I think that's why I would pip Josip Juranovic over Mikel Lustig. Jerry, who would you choose? Would you go for Alistair Johnson a bit more recently? I think I think what you said is right. For the popular vote, it would be Mikel Lustig. Um, he did get a lot of stick. I remember that, but I loved him as a player. And then the police hat just sold it for me. Uh, gave us some great memories. Great goal as well. Um, but for me, it's Alistair Johnson. I just think Juranovic, great player. Um, they look great to have about the dressing room as well from what I hear. But I just think with Alistair Johnson's just going to get better and better. He's an athlete, an absolute athlete. Um, just needs to work in his uh, shop and doing his interviews. But <laughs> apart from that, for me, he's a... Uh, I really love him as a player. He gets stuck right in. He's stuck right in about it. So, AJ, for me. Yeah, and Patrick, for yourself, who are you going with? Um, I think just solely because AJ's not been here that long, I would go for Juranovic. Um, you know, as you pointed out, Lustig under, you know, Lenin and Dyla was a fantastic player, you know, arguably the most consistent uh, for that, you know, three, four year period. Um, and then under Rogers, he, I thought he had an. You know, a good first season. Obviously, the, the the team was brilliant in Rogers' first season, so he was, I would say, a good season. Um, the next two years after that, his last two years at the club, I remember he, we 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 beat Hibs four two in a League Cup semi final, and he scored two of the goals, and that was Scott when he was Brown. first getting. Scott Brown got a goal in that game as well. Or was that the year after? I think that was five two under Lennon. He scored ah, the last goal. You're right. You're right. Um, but two years earlier, we beat Hibs. Four uh, two, I believe, and he scored two goals. Uh, and he was getting on, he was getting some stick at the beginning of the season, and he scored those those two goals, and everyone loved him. But you know, as time went on, it just became worse and worse and worse, and it became a problem that really should have been resolved. Um, you know, if the club was been run properly, but obviously, you know, it wasn't really resolved until we got Ivanovic in. Um, so because Johnson's only been here six months, and because Ivanovic was so consistent, I'd have to say Ivanovic. Yeah, I'm thinking that I've got to go with Josip Juranovic as well. Pat Cattigan, Lustig was a sensational player for his character, aggression, quality, and he got the club. Uh, I, th- I thought Lustig would be a popular choice. Behave, James. Lustig all day long over Juranovic. But now I love Alistair <laughs> Johnson the most. I knew it was going to be a bit of a controversial choice, but I'm glad I had someone in agreement with me and Patrick. We'll move on to the centre-backs now. And if I thought my right-back choice was a bit controversial, I think my centre-backs might be a bit more... Because I'm going to go for Cameron Carter-Vickers, which is probably the most popular choice. And then next I'm going to go with Dedrick Bayata. I think that could cause a bit of... <gasps> you've, got, you've got Starfelts there. You've got Eric Sviachenko there. You could even go Jozo Sivinovic. At points, he was one of the best defenders under Brendan Rodgers in that first time. So I'm going to go for Carter-Vickers and Bayata. I think as much as Bayata was a bit of a bomb scare at times... If he had a stronger centre-back partner next to him, like Cameron Carter-Vickers, perhaps that would calm him down, settle the nerves, because Starfelt has mistakes in his game as well. But when he's next to Cameron Carter-Vickers, 
it eases the nerves a bit. I think if you had, if Beata had a Carter Vickers alongside him, I think there would have been a lot less mistakes. Jerry, are you going to disagree with me here? I'd imagine you would. I am. Boy, out of the bomb scare for me, mate. I, to be honest, the, do you know what frustrated me about him? He, he had the potential just to be the best defender we've ever had, but there were so many mistakes that he made. It was just, for me, it was, no. I mean, no. <laughs> no, I'm not changing my mind on it. For me, it would be uh, Carter Vickers, obviously, and Simunovic for me, just for the tackle on Kenny Miller. <laughs> I think people forget how good Sumirovic was, particularly in that Invincible season. He was one of the better players in the team. It wasn't even just a tackle, it was more than that. But it was when the injuries started to come into his game a bit more often and then we saw the issue with the plastic pitches, that was when he started to become a bit more of a liability. Patrick, who are you going to choose for your centre-back pair? And does Carl Starfelt um, win the, the proven duo? It, they they do actually. I um, I'm not deviating from a quite fantastic duo that we've got now. Um, I, I am putting them in as a duo. You know, it, it wouldn't be one without the other. I wouldn't pick. I wouldn't pick Starfield without Carter Vickers and vice versa. Um, Boyata was brilliant in his last season at Celtic. Um, you know, you had the the Athens debacle. He came in, scored the winner against Hamilton. Brilliant for the season. Injured against Rangers at the end of March. Never plays for Celtic again. But those. You know, eight, nine months. It was absolutely fantastic. Our first choice centre half. Uh, I've got to give a shout out to Benkovic, by the way. I think if we signed him permanently, uh, he would certainly, I, I think I'd put him in ahead of Starfield. Obviously, his career's um, not really kicked on, but you know, he came in in like the September, and then obviously we lose one nothing at Ibrox, and he gets injured in that game and never really comes back into the side. But I mean, it sounds daft, but it was an amazing four months he had for Celtic. Um, but no, I have to go with Carter Vickers and Starfield. No doubt about it for me. Um, you know, we, we changed the centre-half pair quite a few times under Rodgers, if memory, memory serves me right. You know, you had Svitchenko, Kolo Ture, Simunovic, Boyata. Um, I'm sure there was others in there that I've, I'm forgetting. You know, Benkovic comes in on loan. Um, so no, Carter Vickers and Starfield, you know, they've been there for two years. They've not lost a league game when they've played together. I think I'm right in saying so. Aye, definitely. I think there's there's a story about Brendan Rodgers with Dedrick Beata. I think it was it was I think it was a really late night and Beata was still in training. He was on the exercise bike or something. But I'm not too sure how much we can read into Brendan Rodgers' stories, sort of knowing what we know now. That Paddy covering here, Beata was a bomb scare. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce that. I'm using a good pronunciation, but I'm not going to have a go at this one. I'll back you up there. Beata was great in his day. The mistakes were overblown. They got the microscope on him unfairly. But yeah, he did have some top-level attributes. I agree with that. So we've got some sort of split opinions there with our centre-backs. But I think this is probably going to be a position where we're in unanimous agreement, the left-back. You've got Alexandro Bernabe, perhaps Emilio Izaguirre 2.0 may be your choice. But I think... Maybe even Greg Taylor, but I think we'll all be in unanimous agreement that it's got it's got to be Kieran Tierney, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next. The easiest choice. I don't think there's much discussion needed on that either. I'm sure everybody's in agreement, but the midfield will cause a bit more discussion. There's so many good midfielders. You've got Stuart Armstrong, Scott Brown, Ryan Christie, Rio Hitati. Um, you know who else? You got Cal McGregor, Matt O'Reilly, Tom Rogic. 
I'm thinking with my midfield three, I'm certain the one I put in my article and I'm going to stick by it. I'm going to go Scott Brown, Cal McGregor and Rio Hitati. It was a big toss-up between Hitati and Stuart Armstrong. I was so close to going Stuart Armstrong, but I've gone with Rio Hitati then. I think what Brendan done for Scott Brown, it can't be understated, the impact he had in his career. I think Scott Brown was the player of the year in that first season as well. If it wasn't Scott Sinclair, it would definitely have been Scott Brown. Cal McGregor, he's shone in both teams, under both managers. I would say he was maybe even better in Postacoglu's team than he was in Rodgers' team, just the role he played, the importance he had. And then Rio Hitati, I think we all know he's going to go to the very top. He's got such a high ceiling. And the qualities he's shown, I think when you're picking players for this team, iconic moments that stick in the memory always jump out. You can help you edge a player. And performing well in derby matches as well is another thing that will stand out for a player. And I think that double that Hitati got in the, I think it was February, the February derby, it's always got to stand out. That's my midfield three. Jerry, who are you going for? Yeah, well, I'm going to go similar. I'm going to go for uh, Scott Brown, Cal McGregor and Anton Rogers. Because, <laughs> uh, the time that he had at the club. <laughs> nah, exactly same as you, mate. You cannot see past. Imagine having that midfield right now. Scott Brown in his prime, Cal McGregor and Hitati. I'd, I can't see past them. Individually or collectively. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you in that one, mate. Yeah, Patrick, who would you go for? For your, your midfield. I think Armstrong was very close to having a shout. And if you're using derby matches or maybe even European performances to give an indicator, Rogic is Sean in games like that. Is Tom Rogic in for a shout in your midfield? Um, he actually is. I. You've, you've got it spot on. Um, it's it's so hard to take Scott Brown and Callum McGregor out of the team. And when I was thinking about this, I think the BBC put this up the other day actually as well to, to pick the combined 11. Obviously, we've been doing it uh, I'm getting in the chat as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it, it's, it, there's so many options that yeah, I am actually tempted be, to take Scott Brown out of the team, but I've, I've not done that. <laughs> not that um, just because... Uh, that are nailed on. I think that's Tierney, Brown and McGregor. I think you can't have them out of it. Aye, I think, yeah. I like this, I like this, go. Aye, those are the, I think, I actually think Carter Vickers is miles above any centre-back in the, 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 what is it, four and a half seasons we're picking from, Um, but aye, Brown and McGregor definitely in that midfield, Uh, and I've went for Rogic. Um, Hattati has been good, and he was, you know, at the turn of the year, along with Moy, I think he was just, unplayable in Scotland. I thought it was unreal. Um, you know, I think there was a game against Aberdeen where his highlights alone were like a three-minute uh, Twitter clip. It's just ridiculous how good he was. Um, I don't think... that It's going to sound ridiculous, but I don't think he's been that consistent. Obviously, he's, he's had injuries, but I thought his first six... The, the, the January to May that he had in his first season, I thought he tailed off towards the end of the season. And I think this season has been a lot more consistent between you know September and or August to March. I would say he was amazing, and then he gets injured, and when he comes back, you know we sort of fall off a cliff towards the end of last season, just gone. So because of consistency and because of the games and big goals and in derby games, and you know at times I think he's been the best midfielder I've ever seen at Celtic. I would have to go for Tom Rogic um, as as the other one in that midfield three, but. It, it it does show we are definitely attack carry. You know, at Celtic we're definitely focused on the attacking players because in the defence 
it was like maybe one or two tough choices, but largely there was an obvious answer for a lot of positions. Whereas in the midfield, you get so many to pick from. I mean, O'Reilly doesn't even come close, and I think that's incredibly unfair. Um, Ryan Christie as well. I know he didn't play under Rogers or Ange that long, but you know, just an absolutely incredible player as well. And it is, it's tough, but those are the three that I'll go for. I think you might have swayed me with Tom Rogic there. He wasn't one of the main considerations. When you think about Hatate and Rogic, they're quite similar in that way where there was some inconsistencies. You wouldn't get them at their best sort of week in, week out. But when you think of both of them at the top of their game, who you would rather have, I think you might have swayed me with Tom Rogic there. I think when he's on it, he's game. Jenny, you've been one over as well. I was just, I was, I was, you started plugging an old heart, plugging in the heartstrings there, and I started thinking about that goal against Aberdeen and the goals against them. Oh, I, Rogic, Hattati, who? <laughs> I think Rogic at Hamden is a different player. Tom Rogic playing at Hamden is a completely yeah. different player. Pat Dolan, Philip Benkovich, now at, is it Braunschweig, I think is how you would say it. He was excellent at Celtic, clean after Leicester's now off the rails. I think it was injuries was just the problem. A bit similar to the other Croatian centre-back we had, Jozo Simunovic. Injuries just ruined what seemed to be something very promising. Double denim, Bruni Hitati and McGregor would have been epic. That would have been a tremendous midfield. Eric Barnes got Ryan Christie in there. I think Ryan Christie's an interesting one. He could have definitely found his place if you'd included Neil Lennon's Celtic team in this. I think perhaps even... Odson Edward could have made his way into my team if you were including Neil Lennon's Celtics. I think Edward played his best football under Neil Lennon. As much as Rodgers kick-started it and got him going, I think Neil Lennon was a manager that really took him to a different level. We're going to go on to the wingers now, which is a bit of an interesting one. You've got Lee Labada. You could play Odson Edward off the left if you wanted to. You could even play Kyogo off the wings if you wanted to, if you were looking to fit in a certain Moussa Dembele into your team. Um, Haksabanovic, Jota, Gary Mackay, Stephen, Dyson Ryder, <laughs> Patrick Roberts and Scott Sinclair. I'm going to go for my wings. I've done a bit of brainstorming there. I could put Kyogo wide to fit Moussa Dembele into my team, but I think I want to go for the players in the strongest positions. I don't want to be shoehorning people. So I'm going to go Scott Sinclair and Jota for my wingers. I think Scott Sinclair was one of the best players in Brendan Rodgers' first season at the club and then even in the second season when people say his performances sort of dried up the performances weren't as good he wasn't at the top of his game he was still getting goals I think he might have still been the top scorer in the Celtic team that season with everybody slating him and on his back and where Scott Sinclair really shone I thought was the European games and in the derby games the big games and the big moments that sort of live long in your memory Scott Sinclair is associated with those games whether it's a derby hammering or a European one Scott Sinclair is usually always there so I think he's got to be there and then Jota the flair that he brings to the team he gets fans off their seats he gets everybody excited I think that's going to be my two wingers for my team Jerry who are you going with I forgot to even mention James Forrest under well, Brendan Rodgers he, he was phenomenal under Brendan Rodgers when he still had that ton of pace about him he could really that's the best part of his game really I think going by like just how many massive moments he's had for Celtic and that he's given us as fans and at his peak he was outstanding and I, I honestly believe if I had to go it would be James Forrest and Jota for me I can't see past James and I feel like he's watching this as well so I'll just <laughs> uh, I'll put him in there but nah he's, he's, he's been a great servant for the club and uh, James Forrest and Jota for me 
Patrick, who's your winners? Are you with me in the, the Sinclair bus or are you feeling a bit more James Forrest? See, this is, um, I, I think Sinclair's an absolute uh, stick on uh, for me. I think, if I remember correctly, I think he scored something like, I think it was 32, 17 and 16 goals in those three seasons, the, the sort of treble, treble years. And for a winger, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, James Forrest, James Forrest had, I think it was like, I want to say it was something like 12, 17 and 18 or something uh, in, in those three seasons. So very, very close. But I, I just think you have to go with Sinclair. Um, when I was doing it myself a couple of days ago, I was incredibly tempted to put Edward out wide because uh, I thought, obviously this is a big debate among Celtic fans, I thought at times Edward was better than Dembele. Certainly on the ball and dribbling the ball at his feet, I thought it was... In terms of creating chances for other players, I thought he was a lot better. Um, maybe not as good a goal scorer, not good at you know holding it up, headers, oh, stuff like that. But um, very tempted to put Edward in, but I have went for Jota. Um, so I'll, I'll be sticking with you, James uh, Sinclair and Jota. Again, it's a bit like the midfield. You really are spoiled for choice. There's probably about six players that you could pick for two positions. Um, but, you know, Jota is arguably one of the most entertaining players I've ever seen at Celtic and he contributes and he's good at holding on to the ball um, so I've got to go with Jota and Sinclair Yeah, we're going to move on to the strikers now and as I mentioned earlier with Odds and Edward I feel like his best football was under Neil Lennon it was under a different manager we're for basically just off Brendan Rodgers' time at the club and then Ange's time at the club you are not really got the best of Odds and Edward there which is why this debate there's got to be between Musa Dembele and Kyogo Furuhashi. And if you asked me at the start of last season who I would take, perhaps even maybe in January, I would have said Musa Dembele. But Kyogo has added the performances in derby games to his sort of talents now. He's willing to stand up in those derby games. I think they probably would have had close to the same amount of goals as games they played in derby matches, if not more. Someone can probably correct me on that one in the comments. But I think Kyogo has got to be my striker for this team. Jason Lee, you like a winger who shows up for the big games and the big moments. I feel like all the wingers that we mentioned, they all had a knack for that. Chilpil, Sink had a great first season, then meh. And I feel like the, the, the second season, the third season even as well, was meh. But as Patrick mentioned, the goals didn't dry up. Those are key things that still stand out, still adds to the team. If you take those Sinclair goals out of Celtic season, how many of those matches turn from near what 2-0 wins or 2-1 wins to draws or losses. I think you've got to really take that into account. And Jason's been swayed by yourself, Jerry. Jordan Forrest's pretty great too. There's some discussions to be had. Double Derham, put Kyogo and Dembele up front, I think. We're playing a 4-3-3. I don't know if we can do that. But I've gone with Kyogo. Jerry, who's your striker for your team? Lee Griffiths. Lee Griffiths? <laughs> Fight me on it. Fight me on it. No, I, I, you've got to go Kyogo. For me, it's got to be Kyogo. I think he's the best striker we've had at the club in a long time. And that, and amongst some great names, we've had Dembele. Griffiths, for all for all he was Griffiths and everything that came with him, that 40-goal season was unreal. Um, I'm sure he's... Was that Tyler? Was it? Oh, it was. Cause Rogers, I, but he played under Rogers as well, though. Yeah, I think the free kick against Kershaver jumps out at me in the Champions League playoff. Scored an absolutely phenomenal, a good head on that game as well, I think. Aye. Sorry, I thought we were going by if they played under them, so that's why I was uh, talking about his 40 
So, but Brendan took over, and I remember he said they didn't want him just scoring the 40 goals, didn't he? He wanted it spread out amongst the team. But it would be Kyogo for me, but genuinely, Lee Griffiths is one of the fav- my favourite strikers that's played with Celtic. I had a real soft spot for him. But yeah, Kyogo for me. Yeah, I think we mentioned how big European games are when you're sort of assessing the criteria for this. I think Lee Griffiths, did he get a goal away to Anderlecht, that 3-0 game? There was a Tierney that sent it across right for Griffiths at the back post, I think. That's the first goal, right? That stands out, yeah. Patrick, who's your your striker option? That is really tough. I mean, obviously, Edward played his best football under Lennon. Um, but, you know, that, that three... And I was a I was a big Griffiths fan as well because the forty goal season and you know I think up until the COVID season I was quite I was a staunch defender by Griffiths but that that COVID season you know he, he came back unfit and the, the way he behaved throughout the season and that Hamilton game in January they, I've totally wiped Griffiths from my mind he's you know he's old news to me so Dembele Edward and Kyle go there the three and you obviously can't include Edward really in this discussion so. It's incredibly difficult, but I'm going to go with Moussa Dembele. Um, and they've actually got similar goal tallies. I think Kyogo's got 54 goals and Dembele's got 51. Um, and that's both on, that's over two seasons for both of them. However, Dembele, well, Kyogo was injured for a long period as well, actually. I think incredibly similar goal to sort of minute ratios, if you want. Um, I don't think either were particularly good at setting up other players. I don't think the assists are that high. Yeah, I could be wrong, but just from memory, I don't think they'll be that high. But, you know, they've barely definitely done it in the Champions League. I think he'll go well this coming season, but he hasn't so far. Um, they barely can hold up the ball. Uh, dead physical, obviously fantastic taking it into the corner at Ibrox. Um, just a pure iconic Celtic moment, um, you know, for wasting time. <laughs> um, so I, I underappreciated Dembele at the time uh, and as time has gone on I've definitely appreciated him more um, I think if we're having this conversation in a year's time my, my answer might change but Dembele for me Yeah, Chilpil, Kyogo is the best since Larson Plunge McNugget, Moose and Kyogo up front could happen this season potentially <laughs> I think we can all keep our fingers and our toes crossed for that, but it's been a great hour with you guys. We've been able, I think, doing this combined eleven. If it's done anything, it's opened their eyes to just how many quality players that we've had over the last sort of few years. Thank you, seven hundred of you are sticking with us over this hour. We've got a night with Gordon Strachan at Barras Art and Design this Friday. Your last chance to get tickets. There's not many left. Be sure to go in the link below or on the Axon Twitter. You can I'm sure you can find the links to get those tickets in here. A manager that's had some success in Europe with Celtics because you'll sure Gordon Strachan will have some interesting stories of some real characters that was in the dressing room with him. Jerry, I think you've got something to promote as well. Can you tell us about it and where to find it? Yeah, I'll make it quick. It's not Celtic related, but I have my new book out uh, on Amazon. It's called My Psycho by Jerry Taylor. Uh, it's about two serial killers that fall in love. They're killers, but you'll love them. And all the proceeds, 100% of the money goes to a homeless shelter, which uh, took me in a few months ago because I had a bit of a tough time of it. Um, so every single penny is going to go to them because they're a great bunch of people. So My Psycho on Amazon. Uh, book. <laughs> yeah, be, be sure to go out and search for that one, guys. Thank you for joining us over this last hour. 700 of you sticking around. Be sure to hit subscribe, press the like button if you did enjoy the show. A bit of a change of discussion from some of the recent ongoings at Celtic. Thank you very much, and we'll see you tomorrow. 
Podcast Network.